Oop. Must be time to wake up. Um, have you ever had anybody wake you up before? You ever had somebody shout at you to wake you up? Wake up! Wake up! It's time to get something done. I've had different people wake me up. I think that that is the message that Jesus has for us today. Wake up! Um, when was the last time that you shared the gospel with someone? In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I am, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What does that mean for us today? It seems like his disciples took this verse to be their marching orders. Uh, the disciples received the same command that we have today in our Bibles, and I believe it's a command for us as well. So let's take a look at how the disciples reacted to this command. Jesus gave them this command right before he went into heaven. And a little over a week from the time that he gave them this command, um, we see the disciples gathered in Jerusalem, and they receive the Holy Spirit, and they started sharing the gospel. And this resulted in 3,000 people coming to the Lord in one day. 3,000 people were born again on the day of Pentecost, which is, I think, 10 days after Jesus ascended. Not long after this, they kept sharing the gospel, and their number grew to 5,000 people. So I'll repeat the question again. When was the last time you shared the gospel with someone? See, the disciples took this command that Jesus gave them, and we see what they did right away. They got busy with it. Do we do the same thing? We may be tempted to think, well, it was easier for the early church, right? They had it easier. It was people wanted to listen to them more than they do today. Within short order of when Peter started preaching the gospel, he'd been put in jail three times. Stephen, one of the church leaders, was stoned to death. James, one of the disciples, was beheaded. Mass persecution broke out in Jerusalem, and Christians had to flee for their lives. It doesn't really sound like an easy time. So when was the last time that you shared the gospel with someone? If you've read the rest of the book of Acts, you'll find more of the same account after account of people being in prison gets talking about Paul in the second half of Acts and Paul's put in prison and tortured and beat shipwrecked and stranded and the list goes on and on but he lived to share the gospel with the people around him 
So taking a look at the book of Acts, which comes right after Jesus ascended, did the early Christians take Jesus' command seriously? I'll read it again. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So did they take that seriously? Do we take Jesus' command seriously today to the same level that his disciples did? Because I think it's directed to us in the same way that it was directed to him. I think Jesus had the same idea in mind. I think that a quote that's attributed to uh, Francis of Assisi seems to sum up what many Christians view evangelism as. He's attributed to saying this, but people don't actually think he said it, but it's a common phrase. Um, Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. Now this is a, a nice little saying, but this philosophy is not consistent with the Bible. Um, over in Romans chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 14, it says, How then shall they call upon him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good news. That good news is the gospel. That's what the word gospel means. Gospel means good news. Now, living, living a life that is pleasing to the Lord is helpful in drawing people to God. Uh, Matthew in Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says that we're supposed to be a light to the world and we're supposed to shine our light so that people may see our good deeds and glorify the Father who is in heaven. However, if people don't know why we're shining our lights or why we're doing good things, it's kind of pointless to do them. For example, if you're a nice neighbor and you've been neighbors with somebody for a long time and you water their plants while they're gone, keep an eye on their house, and watch their dog, and um, take care of them when they're sick. If you do all these things for them for years and years, and if they don't know that Jesus is the only way to eternal life, they're still lost. They're just as lost as they would have been if you hadn't have done those things. Those things are good, but if they don't know the way to eternal life, they're still lost. If you're a good worker and you show up on time every day for 30 years, your bosses respect you and your coworkers respect you for being a hard worker. But if the people around you still don't know that life without Jesus leads to hell, they're still lost. Those are good things for us to do, but if we never tell people the gospel, the good news that Jesus is the only one to save them from their sins, they're still lost. So we need to be preaching the gospel all the time, but we need to be using words as well. So our actions, our actions uh, 
validate our words but if we have only actions or only words uh, we're not a good witness for the Lord I'm going to read over in Acts chapter 3 so what is this gospel what's the good news that we're supposed to be telling people um, Acts chapter 3 records part of one of Peter's sermons one of the first sermons that he preached when people were coming to the Lord and um, I'm going to start in in so um, Peter had just healed a lame man on the way to the temple and so he did a good deed for them but he used this opportunity to share the gospel because if he would have just healed the guy and walked on his way it wouldn't have it would have been kind of pointless but he heals this man helps him out and then he starts sharing the gospel so this is immediately following the man being healed and it says and while he was clinging to Peter and John this is the lame man all of the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon full of amazement but when Peter saw this he replied to the people men of Israel why do you marvel at this or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power or piety we made this man walk the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus the one whom you delivered up and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him but you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you but put to death the prince of peace the one whom God raised from the dead a fact to which we are witness and on the basis of faith in his name it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know and the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all and now brethren I know that you acted in ignorance just as your rulers did but the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ should suffer has been fulfilled repent therefore return that your sins may be wiped away in order that time of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and he may send Jesus the Lord appointed for you whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by his mouth by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient times Moses said the Lord God shall raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren to him you shall give heed in everything he says to you and it shall be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people and likewise all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and his successors onward also announce these days it is you who are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God has made to your fathers saying to Abraham and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed for you first God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you turning every one of you from your wicked ways so Peter tells them and it shall be that every soul that does not heed that prophet which is talking about Jesus shall be utterly destroyed and he closes it up there by saying that 
God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways. Um, I'm going to read a couple verses over in Acts chapter 2, which is the response of um, some people to the last message that Peter preached. So this is a response to the gospel. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord shall call to himself. And with many other words he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So that's a short little summary of what it looked like for Peter to preach the gospel. So he tells these people that they are broken and sinful people, and these specific people were actually some of the people that put Jesus to death. But we are all broken and sinful people. That's part of the gospel message. That every one of us, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, all have, fallen, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That we are all broken, sinful people who deserve hell. None of us deserves to be in God's presence. We all deserve to be separated from Him. But Jesus has took our punishment and has offered us eternal life with God like our brother shared during the communion time, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him will have everlasting life. So all we must do is accept what Jesus has offered us, give up our sinful lives, and be born again into a new life with Christ. So that's the gist of the gospel, that Everyone has sinned, and we have no way to be close to God, even if we want to. But God has reached out His hand by sending His Son to be punished for our sins, and we can have eternal life in Him if we accept and follow Him. So the gospel, the good news, is pretty simple. So why do we have a hard time sharing the gospel then? You know, Peter here... I think it's probably just a summary of his sermon, but in just a few paragraphs, he shared the gospel with a whole group of people. So why do we have a hard time sharing the gospel? One of the first reasons, I think, is that we forget the drastic consequences for people if they don't accept Jesus as their Savior, if they don't accept and follow him. Um, I think we forget that. That we get distracted by everything that's going on. But everyone is headed for one of two places for the rest of eternity. Every single person on this earth. Everybody driving by on the road. Everybody in Costco and Winco. Um, when we go there to get our groceries after church. Every person that we run into is either going to spend eternity with God and Jesus 
or they're going to be separated from them and punished for their sins. And they don't have a need, they don't need to. Jesus has offered, Jesus already was punished for their sins. But we forget to tell them that they need to accept Jesus. So we forget the drastic consequences for people if they don't follow Jesus. We're happy following Jesus, but sometimes we forget about others. I think that's the first thing, the first reason we have a hard time sharing the gospel. The second thing, at least for me, is that I have a misconception that people already know about Jesus and don't want to follow him. That I assume that if people aren't following Jesus, that's probably because they don't want to. Somebody's probably told them about Jesus and they just decided not to follow him. But the more and more people I've met and talked to, especially young people, I have found out that most people know very little about the gospel. They know very little about Jesus. Um, it's kind of scary how little people know about the Bible, about anything. That um, The younger generation of people, a lot of the older generation that I talk to, they know, even if they're not Christians, they know some of the basic Bible stories and different things, but the, a lot of the younger generation may not even know who Jesus is that they are not taught this and um, it's kind of cool that we have opportunity to share the gospel with them for the first time and it's getting more and more that way all the time so we need to stop assuming what people know and we just need to tell them about Jesus so our country is going farther and farther away from God and the farther it goes away from God the more people need to hear the gospel and the more we have a chance to share the gospel with someone for the first time. What Jesus said in his gospels is as true today as it has ever been. The fields are white unto harvest. That there are people out there searching for answers. And sadly, Satan is having a heyday because he knows it's harvest time too. Satan is not scared of telling people his message. Uh, he's spreading his anti-Christ propaganda all over the place. Have you guys seen Satan lying to people lately? Uh, turn on your TV. Look at the advertisement. Look at, look at the different TV shows. Is Satan lying to people and spreading, spreading things against the Lord on there? Uh, try out the internet the news look all over the place billboards schools is satan teaching his doctrine in the schools how about politics you think satan has a hand in the politics of lying to people and turning people away from god satan isn't scared to tell people the bad news Satan lies to people all day long and even if we don't see it on a billboard or we don't see it as coming straight from Satan um, we have lies in our own mind throughout the day throughout the week of Satan lying to us he tells us that God does not exist he tells us that even if God does that he couldn't love us they were too broken they were too far gone 
Satan tells us that we're just animals or even that we're not even as good as animals. The animals are better than people and we're just invaders on the world. The list goes on and on of Satan's work of him taking advantage because he knows the fields are ripe unto harvest and he's getting his word out there. Satan has normalized sins by you see sins all the time that are advertised and um, the homosexual stuff that's going on I saw a big a big bus parked on side, the side of the road the other day that had a big old rainbow flag all over it and said um, acceptance is good business or something like that 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 was a sign from Satan saying that it's okay to disobey God Satan has normalized things like adultery and disrespecting parents and any other sins that Satan has normalized how often does Satan share his message with people he's got his message going to people all day long every day you turn on the radio you turn on the TV everywhere you go Satan is sharing his anti-Christian anti-Christ propaganda And the sad part is that Satan does all this knowing that in the end, he's going to lose. So Satan knows that he will never be with God. And that he's going to lose and be punished for what he's done. Satan knows this and he is busy. How much more busy should we be when we are sharing the good news? because we know that we're on the winning side. Jesus is our king, and he'll be our king forever. We have nothing to lose. Back in the Great Commission, it says, all authority has been given to Jesus. We have nothing to lose. This summer, in this spring and summer, I've watched people preparing for fire season. Everybody's mowing their dry grass and getting ready for possible wildfires coming through this is a possibility that things could start but everybody's preparing for something that is a possibility we have we know for sure what's going to happen at the end of time God says that the whole world is going to burn up with a fervent heat and that people are going to be judged according to what they have done in the book of Matthew records Jesus saying it says fear not that which can destroy the body fear him who has the power to destroy both the body and the soul in hell so when was the last time that you shared the gospel with someone if we're willing to prepare our properties for something that could happen are we preparing the lives of those around us for something that we know will happen? For sure. Jesus is coming back, and we want to all be ready. So where do we start at? Where do we start sharing the gospel? Do we have to buy a plane ticket and go to Haiti or go to Guatemala or Mexico? or Where do we go? 
we can start sharing the gospel anywhere. Are there lost people that you know? Are there lost people that I know? There's lost people everywhere. So start sharing the gospel close. Because there are people, even in the church, who are falling away from believing in the Lord. I was have spent the last three weeks, or three weeks in July, um, helping at summer camps. And it's gotten kind of discouraging talking to all these kids that claim to be Christians. And some of them I know their parents and their grandparents. And after talking to some of these kids of some of the opinions that they have, that they claim to be Christians, but they think it's okay to be homosexuals. That they claim to be Christians, but they think that animals are smarter than what people are. They believe, they say that they're Christians, but they don't believe that they are made in the image of God. Do these kids need to know the true gospel? Satan is telling them all these lies. He's telling these kids that they don't, they don't mean anything, that they can sort of believe in God, but can follow whatever they want. And these kids are, like I said, are kids that I know some of their parents and grandparents. And some of their parents and grandparents don't even know what their kids believe. They just um, figure that they know the gospel already. So share the gospel with those who you're close to. Share them with your family. Share, them with, share the gospel with your friends. Even if people are already Christians, should we remind each other that, hey, our sins are forgiven. We get to spend eternity with Jesus. Is that something that we should remind each other of? Absolutely. That is the good news. That's the gospel. Jesus took our punishment. We don't even have to think of punishment. Jesus took our punishment away. We need to share that with people. We need to not give up. I'm going to read the Great Commission one more time. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. So if we have put our faith in Jesus, we know that he has all authority, heaven and earth, spiritual realms, physical realms. Jesus has authority over everything. And Jesus promises that he will be with us always. He has sent the Holy Spirit as our comforter to indwell us when we're baptized. Jesus is with us always, forever. So we have nothing to worry about. We don't need to be afraid to share the gospel. We know we're on the winning side. And I think that Jesus is just calling to us, wake up, wake up. He's got our alarm set. Oh, that's a different alarm. He's got our alarm going. He's saying, wake up. 
because he's already given us a command to share the gospel and he can see all of those around us that don't know him and he's given he's laid that responsibility on us each and every one of us that are Christians he has laid the responsibility of sharing his gospel sometimes I kind of laugh like why in the world did he pick us we do a miserable job but that's what he decided to do and we need to take him seriously um, if there's anyone here today that does not know Jesus and has not made him the Lord of their life um, come forward and talk to some of the elders or anybody that that is an important thing to do Satan is telling lies all day long every day and Jesus is the way the truth and the life that no one goes to, goes to the Father except through him. So if you do not know Jesus, today's a great time to start thinking about it. If you do know Jesus, share him with other people. This is a good news that we do not have to be punished for our sins. We don't have to carry the weight of our sins. We need to get out there and tell people the good news and quit being so selfish. All right, I'm going to pray and close this. Father in heaven, I thank you for giving us your word. Thank you that it is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Pray that we can take the commands that you have given us seriously and that we can share the gospel with our friends, our family. Pray that you can take away any fear that we have, give us boldness, um, take away the distractions that we have that cause us to forget about the people around us. Give us wisdom and the right words to say and give us opportunities to share with the people that we are close to and the people that we meet. Pray that we can do these things by your strength and by your power. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.